18. And over the past few weeks, could be months, <laughs> my wife tells me all the time, baby, you have no idea how, many time, how long it's been. Anyway, over the last few weeks or months, we've been teaching on prayer. How many of you have been enjoying those teachings? Amen. We're not only teaching it on, on Sunday, we've been teaching it on Wednesday night. We've been teaching, the ladies have been talking about prayer and, and what have you, and defeating giants on Thursday nights. We've been talking about prayer on Monday nights when me and the men get together. My father has told me we need to learn how to pray. Amen. So we've been teaching these last few weeks or months on uh, the importance of developing a, an effective prayer life. How many of you know that you can have a prayer life, but not all prayer lives are effective? How many of you want an effective prayer life? How many of you know what an effective prayer life is? That means when you pray, things happen. Amen. Hallelujah. And we've learned that an effective prayer life comes from having, number one, a relationship with God Almighty. Uh, an effective prayer life comes from praying God's Word. Amen? Uh, and then a couple of weeks ago, before Mother's Day, we, uh, we talked about uh, that an effective prayer life comes from praying in faith. Praise God. Uh, and again, if you have, anyone has missed any of those messages, I encourage you to go on our website, hillcountrycowboychurch.com, Download those and listen to them. Amen? They'll build your faith and starve your doubts. That's what the Word of God does. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. So I want us to continue this morning. And I, I, I'm not going to promise you I'm not going to keep you long. My wife tells me to quit doing that. Uh, but I'm going to do my best. I've only got about 30 or 40 pages of notes. So, hey, you know, if you listen real quickly, we'll be out of here before you know it. But I want to continue this morning talking about prayer, uh, actually praying in faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to have faith. You see, if you don't believe in what you're praying, how many of you know nothing's going to happen? You've got to believe in what you're praying. You must believe to receive. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. So faith uh, is vitally important to an effective prayer life. Jesus taught, uh, taught that faith was important. What did he tell his uh, people uh, when they asked for healing? He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Amen? Amen. What did he tell people when they uh, got their healing? By your he said, your faith has healed you. He didn't say, I healed you. He said, your faith has healed you. Amen. Read your Bible. I know, I, I know a lot of people thinking, well, no, Jesus is a healer, and he is. He says, but uh, your faith healed you. Amen? Paul thought faith was important. As a matter of fact, he said the, the actual church and the fivefold ministry uh, was established to teach the children of God, to teach the saints of God to live and walk by faith. Uh, if you would, just hold your place there in Luke and turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And Paul said in verse uh, 11, and I'll read 11 through 15, and i read out of the New King James Version. He says in verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, 
some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why did he do that? Hang on. Praise the Lord. Why did he do that? He said uh, in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Praise God. That's okay. That's okay. Praise the Lord. Father God, we thank you that you keep Brother Jimmy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now watch this. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. That word perfect there means just being mature. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, my brothers and sisters, God wants you and I to have the same faith that Jesus Christ had. Amen? Amen. Why? Look at verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. A lot of Christians are being carried to and fro by different doctrine than the Word of God. Carried about by, with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love. Now watch this. May grow up in all things. Not just in some things, but we grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So God wants us to grow up. He wants us to grow up in the power and the authority that is given to us by Jesus Christ. And that, my brothers and sisters, is why we never get tired of teaching or hearing about faith. Amen? Amen. The title of my message today is Contending for the Faith. Contending for the Faith. So let's begin here in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always, everybody say always, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. In other words, we ought to have a lifestyle of continual prayer. That we ought to have a lifestyle of continually developing our relationship with God. Why? So we don't lose heart. Too many Christians nowadays, they'll pray for a while and then they lose heart because their relationship of, with God isn't where it needs to be. And I'm not being critical of that. I'm just telling you, if you want God to move on your behalf, there's, uh, there's criteria in the Bible that says you, you and I must do. Number one, we have to have a strong relationship with Him. Not a Sunday relationship. Not just a Sunday and a Wednesday relationship. Amen? It's an everyday relationship. How many of you parents in here want your kids to have a, just a one day a week relationship with you? No, you want your kids to have a relationship with you every day. Amen? Hallelujah. We, ought to have, we, we have to have a continual relationship with God. Look at verse 2. Saying there was a certain in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. 
Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. How many of you ever went to God saying, get justice for me from my adversary? Amen. And it says in verse 4, and he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, now just think about what this guy's thinking about. And afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man yet, because this widow keeps troubling me, I will avenge her, lest by continual coming she wearies me. <laughs> Amen. Verse 6, then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. In other words, Jesus right here is saying, did you hear me? How many times have your pastor said, are you listening? Are you hearing me? Yeah. Amen. Jesus said, did you hear me? Did you really hear what I told you about this woman who persistently cried out for justice? And now look at verse 7. <clears throat> And shall not God avenge his own elect? Turn to your name and say he's talking about you. Pay attention. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Though he bears long with them. That means he puts up with you anyway. Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, now watch this, will he really find faith? On the earth. The passion in, Luke, in verse 8 says this. <clears throat> excuse me. Hallelujah. It says in verse 8 of the passion. It says God will uh, give swift justice. To those who don't give up. That's, he's talking about me right there. So be ever praying. Ever expecting, just like the widow was with the judge. Yet when the Son of Man comes back, will he find this kind of persistent faithfulness in his people? Wow. Will he find people who don't quit? Will he find a people who are stretching themselves to believe? Will he find a people who are really and truly trusting in him? You see, we know what, uh, that faith is what? Trust. Amen? And trust comes out of what? Our relationship with God. You can't trust somebody you don't know. Amen? How many of you in here are married or got a girlfriend? Did you trust them the first time you met them? No. Took a while, didn't it? I see a lot of people smiling. Some of them going, I don't know if I still trust them or not. <laughs> no, they're not saying that. Praise God. But faith is trust, and trust comes out of having a relationship with God. So what our Lord is saying here, he's saying, when I come back to the earth, will I find a people who are really trusting in me? Or will I find a people that are trusting in this world system? Well, I find a people of faith. Brother Hagin, one of my mentors, said this before he moved to heaven. 
How many of you know you don't die when you're a Christian? You live forever. Matter of fact, everybody lives forever. We just want to live in heaven, right? Amen. I've already got my reservations made. Hallelujah. Brother Hagin said this before he moved to heaven. He said, faith is at an all-time low in the body of Christ. Now, most would think, I know most of us in here would think probably, how can that be when there are more teachings on faith? Amen. There are more books on faith. How many of you ever read a, a book on faith? Amen. There are more preachers preaching on faith than ever before. I want you to think about that. How could that be? How can we have all these resources on faith? And yet a mighty man of God says faith is still lacking in the body of Christ. I'm going to tell you why. Amen? How many of you want to know why? All right. Pay attention. Are you hearing me? <laughs> you see, we live in a time where everything we see and hear from the society, from the society that we live in, everything we hear from them is about self. Self-achievement, self-accomplishment, self-reliance. A society that's telling you and me and your children to be dependent on and trust in oneself. To be dependent and trust in one's own ability. When Jesus tells us very clearly in his word that we are to put our trust in the living God. Amen? But that takes work, guys. It takes work. That's not just going to come. It don't just come automatically. You have to put an effort out. Amen? Ask yourself this question. Do you really trust God? Do you really trust God for your family? Do you really trust God for your finances? Do you really trust God for your future? Where is our faith? Where do we apply our faith? Are we, are we tr really trusting in God or are we trusting in our own natural ability? See, we can see a great example of what we're talking about if we'll just read a little bit further. Look at verse 9. Hallelujah to Jesus. Luke 18, verse 9 says, Also he spoke this parable to some. He spoke this parable to some who trusted in who? Themselves. That they were righteous and despised others. Then he says in verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within, thus within himself or with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I've heard many, many people justify who they are by comparing themselves to somebody who's worse in the natural. A lot of Christians do that. Well, I'm not like this. I'm a good person. You know, I'm not a murderer. I don't extort people. I'm not a thief. Are you not doing the same thing that this guy was doing? Sobering question. 
He says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. See, once again, he's bragging on himself. What I do. Here's what I do. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone, everybody say everyone. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Can I get an amen? So the parable is this. One had faith or trust in himself and no compassion for others. And the other was broken and sought mercy and forgiveness from God in faith. Hallelujah to Jesus. In other words, this is a picture of someone trusting in themselves and trusting in what they can do to put themselves over. And another person who is broken and recognizes their dependency on the living God. That they can't live or do anything without God. Let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, this ought to be every born-again believer. Amen. We ought to all want to be that person who recognizes they can't live without God in their lives. We ought to all want to be that person who, want, who knows that the, they can't trust in this world system. But they have to put their trust in a godly system. Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith? Will I find a people who are broken? Will I find a people who are desperate after God? Will I find a people who are truly depending on me for everything in their life? Or will I find a people who are depending on themselves? Listen, my brothers and sisters, God wants you and I solely dependent on him. And he wants us solely trusting him. And the truth is, the one uh, that this is one of the greatest dangers the body of Christ faces today. Amen. See, people don't want to put their trust in God first. They want to try everything else first and then put their trust in God when nothing else works. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I've done that. I turn to him second. I try my own ability first. And then when that don't work, then I go to praying and pleading and begging. Well, we learned last week and the week before that that God don't answer begging. He moves on his word. Amen? Amen. But they don't want to trust in God first. They want to put their trust in natural things like their jobs, their careers, and maybe even the government. What happens if all those things disappear? Is your faith in God and His Word where it needs to be? That's another sobering question. Amen? But we need to judge ourselves. We need to, we need to see where we're at with the Lord. Amen? And I'm not being critical, my brother. I'm trying to help you. Because I've been on the other side of this. I have been everything I'm describing to you. But now I trust in the Lord and the Lord only. Amen. There's nothing I don't ask him about. There's not, I don't make a move in my life without talking to him first. 
Praise God. I believe we all need to continue developing our faith. Can somebody say amen to that? Oh, well, God, quiet in God's house. I didn't mean to come on down on your street and start preaching. You know, it's okay when I preach on somebody else's street. When I come down and stand in front of your house, then you start getting a little squirmish, see? You start moving around. Oh, my gosh, is he ever going to move next door? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's look at this in Jude. Praise God. Man, we are going to get out of here early. Hallelujah to Jesus. That's the one thing y'all are doing this morning quickly. Y'all getting enough of this. <laughs> We're going to out, get out of here early. Amen? Hallelujah. If you're watching by Facebook, somebody type in amen so I can get a response and move on. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Look at Jude. Jude chapter 1. How many chapters are in Jude? One. See, our guests didn't know you always get tested when you come here. Praise God. It says in Jude 1, it says, uh, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Everybody needs to be a bondservant, don't we? We talked about the ladies last week being a bondservant or a maidservant to God. Amen? That God moves when we're servants of his. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Now, that's a mouthful, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you again, so pay attention. How many in here are sanctified by God? Hallelujah. And we're preserved in Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, he's talking to you. Look at verse 2. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Praise God. We can just stop right there. Amen? How many of you love God's mercy? Amen. This is verse 3. It says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary. One, uh, ver- one uh, translation says needful. But I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you, to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. The New Living Translation right there, and you can look at the monitors, it says, Dear friends, I have been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now, but now I find that I must write about something else urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. Amen. Notice it says, I'm urging you to defend the faith. Why? Because really, if you read uh, all of Jude, really Jude had a twofold uh, uh, purpose to the, his letter to the church. First, he wanted to expose false teaching false doctrine, and false practices that had come, had come to be in the church, and I'll tell you this, that are still in the church. There's a lot of churches don't preach the Word of God. There's a lot of churches don't care if you bring your Bible to church or not because most pra- preachers don't bring their Bible. Amen. 
I'm not judging them. I'm just telling you, it's the Word that's going to put you over. It's the Word of God that's going to set you free. It's the Word of God that's going to deliver you from whatever you may be bound up by. It's the Word of God that's going to save you. Amen. Matter of fact, Jesus, when he does come back, he said, well, I find favor. Let me tell you something else. When we stand before Christ, he's going to judge us by the word of God. He is not going to judge us whether we was a good person or not. There's a lot of people in hell right now that thought they were a good person. Amen. Being good don't get you into heaven. Jesus himself, in the, in the story of the rich young ruler, when he asked the rich uh, young ruler, uh, or the rich young ruler asked him, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus told him, he said, uh, you know, you remember the cam- commandments to love God, your, uh, all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. He says, yeah, I've done all those. See, he was, he's bragging on himself. Yeah, I've done that. Jesus recognized the spirit of pride. He thought, well, I'm just going to humble this dude. He said, okay, go and sell all you have and give to the poor. Oh, my gosh. Really? And the Bible said, if you read the story, the Bible says he went away sad because he didn't want to give up everything he had to follow Christ. Amen. Amen. See, we've got to be willing. Don't, God don't ever ask us to, that we have to do it, but we have to be willing to go all in for him. That's an attitude of heart. Amen? You have to be willing to give up everything. How many times in the Bible does it say that uh, they had to leave their mama, they had to leave their daddy, they had to give up everything they had? He said, give it all up and take up your cross and follow me. Amen? That's what God expects of us. Can I get one amen so I can move on? Or I'm going to have to try to remember everything the Holy Ghost just said and bring it all up to you again. Hallelujah. (laughs) All right. He said, defend the faith. He was going to expose the false teachings in the church. And secondly, He was going to encourage the saints of God, that's you and me, the believers, to stand firm in their faith and not yield to the pressures to go any other way. Listen to me. We see more and more every day preachers leading their churches in a different direction. And what's happening is they're heeding the voice of the sheep. They're doing what the sheep come to them and then the sheep will come and say well you know pastor I just I just don't think you ought to preach against sin all the time you know you know I think you ought to preach about the love of God well God does love you and he don't want you to go to hell but sin will send you there so what would you rather your pastor preach about amen I'm going to preach against sin praise God the Bible says the wages of sin is what? How, it's what? The wages of sin is death. Amen. How many of you want to get paid off? No, we don't want to get paid off for sin. Amen. We're going to get paid off for righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. 
But we see preachers every day heeding to the voice of the sheep. They heed to the voice. And you see this a lot on, uh, on television. You'll see them heeding to the voice of filthy lucre and unjust riches. In other words, preachers are leading their church into a place of popularity. Preachers want to be popular. Amen? I'm not, I don't care if I'm popular or not. I want to be your friend, but I'm not, I don't preach because I want to be your friend. I want to be a shepherd. I want to lead the flock into the pearly gates of heaven. Amen? I want when I get to heaven for God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. So I'm not going to preach to make you feel good about yourself. I'm not, I'm not wanting to be popular. But they're leading their church into a place of popularity. They're leading their church in a way that it's all about growth and swelling numbers instead of leading in the way of faith and power in the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? And how many of you know as we get closer to Jesus' return, and we are close, we've never been closer. We're one day closer, amen? Now, I know no man knows the day or the hour, but you look at what's going on this earth, and anybody could tell that gross darkness is filling our earth, that man is turning away from God and turning to the lust of the flesh. Everything, and I, I talked about a little bit about this last week, that people... <clears throat> everything you see on TV has sexual uh, connotations in it. Everything you see is about darkness. Matter of fact, they have a show called Hellboy. They have shows called The, the Walking Dead. Well, of course, if you don't know Christ, you are the walking dead, I guess, so they ought to have a show about you. Amen? <clears throat> they even had a show one time, I don't know if it's still on, called Lucifer. Are you hearing me? My wife showed me a video here a while back that a lot of, they're, they're trying to get into the children. Uh, and I may show that one night. We may have just a, an enlightening type Wednesday night. And I'm gonna, I want to show you what's going on in this world. Because what you see on the mainstream media isn't what really is going on. There's a devil behind the scenes that's leading the media. There's a devil behind the scenes that's leading Hollywood. There's a devil behind the scenes that's leading our politicians. And we need to be aware of that. That the, those people are not our enemy, Satan is. Yeah, right. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I can tell you what, there ain't nobody in this house going to be destroyed. Because you're going to get the word. Now, if you leave here, I can't stop that. You get your toes stepped on and won't say, well, I'm not going to listen to that no more. I'm just going to go down the road. I, I, can't, I can't keep you from doing that. But I'm not going to preach what you want to hear to keep you here. Yeah. Woo, you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Somebody type, preach it, preacher. Yeah. Preach it, pastor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm preaching myself happy. Hallelujah. <laughs> we need to be closer to God. We need to be building our faith and defending our faith as the, as the days go by and the, the coming of Jesus Christ gets closer. Amen? Are we going to be a faith people? Or are we going to be a natural people? 
We are going to be a faith people. Amen? We're going to be a people that stand by faith. We're going to be a people that walk by faith. We're going to be a people that live by faith. Not trusting in ourselves. Not trusting in even in other people. But trusting in the living God. Can you say amen to that? Notice in verse 3 he said, We are to earnestly contend for the faith. That word contend right there in the Greek means to strive for with intense force. It means uh, that this is not a, it's not an, a passive approach. This is something we're always aware of in our everyday lives. Am I in the faith? Am I living by faith? Am I walking by faith? Or am I walking by my senses? What I see and I hear. Am I doing what it takes to develop my faith? You see, my brothers and sisters, living by faith doesn't mean we're not going to have trials. Living by and walking by faith doesn't mean we won't have tribulations. It doesn't mean that we won't have a devil who is constantly putting pressure on us to quit. How many of you have ever been pressured to quit church? Quit praying? Quit believing? See, living by faith simply means we have a God and we have God's Word available to us and we can use His Word to beat back the devil and his devices. Amen. You have the Word available to you. You have the sword of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Take it out of the scalpel and use it. Or sheathe, whatever you call it. People want to walk out of their house just because they're saved. And they think they are okay. But let me tell you what. If you go into battle and all you got on is the helmet of salvation and you don't have the breastplate of righteousness, you don't have any of the other armor, you don't have a sword, amen, you don't have a shield of faith, guess what? You're going to get defeated. That's why God said put on the whole armor of God. It's all available. And I've seen Christians that say, I don't know what's happening, uh, Pastor. And I'll tell them, well, how much of the armor do you have on? Huh? What are you talking about armor? And I'll take them to Ephesians chapter 6, and I'll tell them, well, I'm saved. Well, you try going out of your house with just a helmet on, butt naked from the neck down, and see how good that does works for you. Amen. And that's what happens. People want to get saved and then they want to do nothing else. I didn't know I had to do all that. That church I used to go to don't say I have to do all that. Well, how'd that work out for you? Was you victorious? Did you walk in victory all the time? No. I know because I went to one of them other churches. They never did teach about faith. They always just said God will do it for you. God's in charge. Ain't no scripture in the Bible says God's in charge. But you look at Luke 10, 19, it says, I give you authority. I give you the power and the authority over the enemy. Jesus Christ, when he hung on the cross, he did it all. We sang about the song about what all Jesus has done for us. Well, he said, it is finished. He said, my part's finished. Now, if you want anything done with the devil, you're going to have to do it. Yes, we do it in his name. Amen. But if you want anything done with the devil in your life, you're going to have to do it. Amen. Praise God. And that's the word of God. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Living by faith simply means we have a God, uh, God's word available to us, and we have to use that word. But by no means, my brother and sister, is living by faith easy. It takes work on our part. You're going to have to live a broken life. You're going to have to lay down some stuff. You're going to have to quit doing some stuff. You're going to have to quit going some places. But all them things aren't doing anything but trying to kill you anyway. Amen. You're going to have to be willing to go all in for the Lord Jesus Christ. See, all them things, all they really are, and the Bible talks about it, it says the weights of sin that so easily beset us or weigh us down. We need to get rid of some of the things in our lives. Can I get an amen? Yeah, it's going to cost you something. But let me, let me tell you something. Let your pastor tell you something. It's, it's well worth it. It's worth it. I mean, think about it, my brothers and sisters, to walk with God. Hallelujah. To know him intimately. To know him more. To live and walk with God. Can there be anything greater than that? Absolutely not. And our brother Paul, the apostle Paul, knew all this. Turn over to 2 Timothy Chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And this will be my last scripture for the day. No other disciple has suffered the trials, the tribulations, and the persecution as did our brother Paul. He was beaten on numerous occasions. How many of you have ever been beat for Christ? Oh, good thing. Praise the Lord. He was stoned by the religious Jews. I mean, ever been verbally stoned by people who thought they were religious or thought they were Christians. He spent over five years of his ministry under arrest with two and a half years of that being spent in a dark dungeon. Nobody on this earth since him has suffered such a uh, 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 a travesty. I know Christians are getting killed in third world countries. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. But nobody has suffered like our brother Paul did. He suffered tremendously for the gospel's sake. Yet notice what he said in here in uh, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Now watch this. I have kept the faith. That word kept in the Greek means to guard over. It means to protect. Paul says, listen, I've run my race. I've finished my course. And then he says this, I have kept my faith in God. Hallelujah to Jesus. See, Paul knew just like you and I should know. For you and I to finish our race, it's going to require standing in faith. It's going to require walking in faith. Paul's everyday decisions were influenced by his faith. Just think about that for a moment. If the decisions 
that you make every day were influenced by your faith in God, what would your life look like? Would it look the same as it does now? If I would, if I would make, uh, or, uh, if I would allow my decisions, I'll just use me, or re- really even before I make any kind of a decision, if I would just think, Lord, is this something that's going to help my faith? Or is this something that's going to hinder my faith? Lord, is the decision I'm about to make going to help me move closer to God? Or is it going to take me further away from God? Brother, sister, we got some decisions to make. Amen? And I can tell you, you, you may beat your head against the wall like I did for years. And I've told people this. I beat my head against the wall for years. And then all of a sudden I said, who put that door right there? Who put that door right there? See, that door goes to Jesus. It's going through Jesus. It's going through faith. So let me tell you, you can beat your head against the wall all you want to. You can leave the church that you're in now. You can do anything you want to do, and God's going to let you do it. But let me tell you something. One of these days, you're going to see that the Word of God is the only thing that's going to set you free. And you're going to say, you know something? I wish I'd have gave up all that other junk years and years and years ago. But thank God I gave it up now. Yeah, don't beat yourself up. Amen? Today's a new day. His mercy is new every day. His grace is new every day. Praise God. Even the mistakes I make today. And let me tell you, nobody's... uh, uh, immune from making mistakes. But even the mistakes I make today, I just ask him for forgiveness. And you know what? I wake up in the morning all new and fresh. I don't think about what I did yesterday that's, you know, that I did wrong. But I just thank God that I'm going to be a better person today. Hallelujah to Jesus. And you can do that too. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me close. Praise God. God wants our everyday decisions to be based on our walk with Him. He wants our everyday decisions to be based on faith. He wants our everyday decisions to be based on His Word and His will for our lives. Can I get an amen? Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah to Jesus. Give the Lord a clap offering. Praise God. I hope you got as much out of this message as I did. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you from the bottom of our heart, Father God, with all of our heart for your word. Father God, your word means more to us than anything else in our lives. We know that your word, Father God, that sets us free, it delivers us, it heals us. Father God, we thank you that your word will carry us into eternity, Father God, if we'll just allow it to. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you love us and your mercy is new every morning. Thank you for your mercy, Father. Father God, we just turn our lives over to you right now, Father God, to have your way in our lives. Let your will be done in our lives, Father God. Let the word that was sown in our hearts. Go down deep, Father God, and produce fruit in our lives so we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. Father God, we give you all praise and all glory in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Now, before we leave, uh, we always give everyone watching by Facebook or uh, by video or even folks in here today. We give everyone an opportunity to either give their heart to the Lord for the first time or rededicate their life to the Lord uh, because they've gotten away from him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, even those watching by Facebook Live or live stream, if you would, bow your head. And if you're in your home and you're in here this morning and you want to say, Jesus, you know, I really don't know you. I know about you. I've read Sunday school stories about you. But I don't know you personally. And you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior this morning. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. God sees those hands. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Don't matter whether you're at home or not, God saw your hand when you raised it up. If you're in here watching by the live stream and you've been, you've, you were saved as a kid. Matter of fact, you could have been raised in church, but you haven't been serving God. You haven't been really going after him. You haven't been building your faith in him. And you've been putting a lot of tr- more trust in the world and the world system than you have in God Almighty. And you want to change that today and start uh, changing your trust from the world to God. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. Praise God forevermore. With every head raised and every eye open, God saw your hand when you raised it, and he's going to meet you right where you're at. If you don't, don't think about what you did yesterday, it don't matter. Today is the day of your salvation. Repeat this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're my dad. You're my father, and I love you. I believe that Jesus Christ was your only begotten son. He came to this earth. He died. He was buried. And in three days, he rose again. And because he did, I can live. Father God, thank you for saving me. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Show me in your word what you would have me to do. Show me your will for my life. And I will submit to it. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. If that was you this morning, praise God, I want you to go to our website. Praise God, you can give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. The Bible says heaven rejoices every time somebody gives their heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe for salvation for not not only those in here, a total salvation. It's a total package. It ain't just about a helmet. It's about everything God has for you. But if you you gave your heart to the Lord and rededicated your life to the Lord this morning, uh, I encourage you, go on our website. uh, Download the messages uh, about faith. Download other messages that the Holy Spirit may say, hey, that's for you. Download those. You can either watch them on our website or you can get them off Spotify, I think it is, and iTunes. Uh, download those podcasts. And listen to them over and over and over. Like I said this morning, it will build your faith and starve your doubts. Amen. Last thing I want to share with you this morning is we serve a miracle working God. And you're next in line for a miracle. Go this week and have a blessed week. Amen. You're dismissed.